0: Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball their unique lens and perspective in healthcare, and what we can anticipate as a result. Today with me, I have Dr. Dan Weberg, Head of Clinical Innovation at Trusted Health and Podcast Master of The Handoff. Dan, thanks for being here with me today.
1: Always a pleasure to chat with you, Bonnie. I
0: know, we could talk for hours. Better over a beer, though, friend. <laughs> for sure. Dan, let's talk a little bit about the space that you're in and just what you see coming down the road or around the next corner. You have an interesting perspective, and we just want to hear from you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I work for Trusted Health, which is a digital home for nurses, and you can think of it like a LinkedIn meets match.com for your job. And we work across all 50 states and have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of nurses on contract and facilities all over the country. And it gives us a viewpoint of some of the trends in the frontline nursing workforce and in the health systems and how they're dealing with pandemic and, and staffing and all those type of things. And I don't know. I've, I've I've been I've had some mixed feelings recently about what's what's around the pike. I think uh, nurses are burned out. Health systems are struggling financially, and that creates a perfect storm to really just create chaos within our entire profession. So I'm a little worried about it. I know nurses tend to rally, but I think we've rallied twice already in the pandemic. And I'm worried that the rally caps aren't going to work anymore. And we're going to start losing people out of our profession. So even if we rally,
0: which I I think you're right, I think we will, it feels as though things are never going to go back to what they were. So what what do you think is going to look different for us in nursing? Are we going to staff differently? Are we going to educate differently? What are we going to do that's going to look and feel different?
1: Yeah, I think I think we need to do all of it. I think um, from an education standpoint, we're the last healthcare profession to declare an entry to practice. You know, baseline, we're the last kind of profession to still work on like an hourly basis. I you know, I think there's just a, nursing is behind on some things, and I think. That We've been thrust into the forefront and the limelight, and, and our value has been shown. We're literally saving entire states because of a lack of following basic precautions and science, and nurses are the ones that are saving those people. Um, and I think we need to just demand a different style. I think we need to staff differently. I need, we, we need to think about data. We need to think about our profession as evolving and, and stop having the same conversations we have every five years and, and don't execute on them.
0: Yeah, I love that. I was on a a focus group call over the last couple of days with a bunch of young nurses, and as we were really trying to unpack what is on their minds, young nurses are really expressing this sort of value sentiment. Whereas, because patients are piling up in the hospitals across the country, it's such a very personal statement or perception to nurses that, that the community members at large don't care enough about nurses and their family and their colleagues to just wear a mask. So I've heard a lot from young nurses about how, how have we let this get to this point? This means not only do these people not care about their own health, they don't care about my health either. And I don't want to have to deal with this and I don't have to deal with this. What are you hearing about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's similar. I think it creates this ethical dilemma because, you know, on one hand, you enter the profession saying that you'll help everyone that needs it and do no harm and, and take the, you know, the, the ethical oath from the, the ANA code of ethics. Now, the other hand, you're getting kind of slapped in the face by people saying, well, you know, if I get sick, you'll fix me, right? And then in the meantime, you're saying, well, you know, also go to work sick and we don't have enough safety equipment for you and we can't get you enough help and we're unwilling to change some of the basic you know, requirements that nurses have to do on the daily basis to make life easier in the middle of this crisis. And so I think there is is there there is going to be a demand for places that value the nurse's input and value them as human beings. And I, I think we're starting to see that now. I mean, from a travel nurse perspective, you can choose the contracts you're going to take. And we are definitely seeing nurses not you know go for the, the highest dollar rate, but going for the health systems in the locations where they feel like they're going to be safe and valued.
0: Which probably means that some states are going to have a much harder time attracting travel nurses than other states. And some hotspots are going to be worse to staff than other states.
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're definitely seeing that. And there is definitely a cohort of nurses who want to take a break over the holidays. They've hit every hot spot for the past nine months and, you know, they're tired. And they want to spend time with family, or at least virtually with family. And so, you know, they're just not going to take a contract over the week, over the over the holiday. And I, I honestly can't blame them. I mean, it it's like this never ending thing. I think in the first wave, you can be a hero. It's a finite thing. Now in the third wave, which is now double the first wave, it just it gets tiring.
0: Well, and it also begs the question: How are the regulatory bodies? How are they playing into this? And what supports? if any, are we getting from them?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's been a frustration through the whole crisis for for us. I mean, licensure, even just licensure relaxation or or allowing for emergency licenses and things has been rough. We're finally at a place where basically every state is allowing emergency licenses, but the credentialing and like the every 13 weeks getting a background check and a drug test and and 20 hours of online competency training and all this stuff that literally adds zero value to patient care or to selecting the right skilled nurse to the right job is still in place. And so you know, if we can help remove some of the non-value added things, these traditions that have just been there that actually don't do the th- do what they're supposed they were set there to do in the first place, I think we'd make it a lot easier for nurses to move quickly to places more seamlessly and then provide the care even in the spots where it's hard to recruit.
0: And it feels like those are opportunities for transformation permanently going forward. We should not go backwards to old state board of nursing rules, but rather let's use this time to completely disrupt what we have. It's already a mess. We've already removed barriers. Why not disrupt it and blow it up now and rebuild it to implement differently in the next year?
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's a better case to be made for compact licensure, I mean, this is it. I mean, there's no no other... I don't understand how... In California, in the middle of the pandemic voted down not to join the compact license thing. So it's just like... The thinking here is just so in the moment, there's no strategy, and it's it literally has real-time implications on nurses providing direct patient care. And I think we can't go backwards. We have to use this as a time to advocate and push through things um, that should have been in place years ago.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It feels so often that much of this is really economically driven, right? Someone's afraid that they're going to lose some kind of a revenue, so they don't make a decision that might make things better down the road. However, demographics continue to change in nursing and our younger nurses, our youngest nurses are going to vote with their feet. So when they're done and they're frustrated and they're fed up, they're just going to leave, right? Not in mass, not every one of them, but certainly we have an obligation to change things and improve them in such a way that we reduce as many of these um, friction points as we have and grease the skids to make it easy for nurses to provide the care that they need to.
1: Well, and the newer nurses are getting kind of, uh, you know, messed with at the same time. So they're now their schools are getting locked out of clinical experiences. You know, the state boards are are not flexible in, in many states on how many hours of simulation can be used to make up those clinical hours. And so, you know, their their training has now been paused where they may have to either do longer semesters or have some kind of waiver to graduate early and, and less prepared than they could have been. And so there's like now our pipeline of new new talent into the, the profession is now completely disrupted. On the other end, we have nurses leaving, dying, burning out, frustrated. And, and so I, I don't know those factors, those those road signs are just they they scare me. And I'm, I'm worried for our profession.
0: And this is at a time that we were already, what, a million, million and a half short. Yeah. So we've not done anything to help ourselves either. I'm still not aware of a national strategy to address licensure. I'm still not aware of a national strategy to address how we educate nurses in the pipeline, in nursing school, or how we address their clinical hours. So I, I think there's nothing but opportunity here for nurses, healthcare people, anyone, IT, tech people to actually get involved to begin working on these things, because obviously we're not moving them forward.
1: Yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity. And, you know, the the latest kind of presentations I've been giving to nurse leader groups has been like crisis breaks down all the traditions that have been in place, like they are no longer relevant. And so you don't have to follow them anymore. And so let's use this opportunity to move forward and actually break some stuff intentionally and, and put in structures and test it out because the crisis allows you to test things. And I think we're so reactive in the moment that we forget that this is the time to create the foundations of change that will last well beyond the pandemic.
0: You're spot on. and and it feels as though we have sort of a laundry list in nursing that we almost need to put together. and um, if if sort of our associations, professional organizations, r- regulatory bodies aren't able to kind of wrap their arms around these in a way that does transform these systems, it feels as though there's a lot of opportunity for us in nursing to really begin pushing on these ourselves to start. Not only demanding change, but putting forth our ideas so that things can be included and in do change
1: yeah, and I think it it requires some non traditional partnerships. I think um you know the associations have have done some things related to you know pushing on policy and and you know a few other areas to try and get nurses' mental health resources and stuff and and that's all great, I think, but we also need to. Like, wouldn't it be great if if nursing like linked up with the Amazons and the Googles and said, "Hey, like you can you can make the entire frontline workforce of healthcare better and it, and like give it a superpower"? I just don't see those conversations happening yet.
0: You know, I, I think that a lot of this is really based on the fact that, generally speaking, our paradigm has not shifted. So we're a very traditional, hierarchical history based profession so we have to sort of peel off that outer skin and really get to what are the levers and the dynamics that we have to really move forward and we're going to have to do this quickly right you talked about it, us having a superpower this is the time for power pills because we got to get into this stuff and dismantle the barriers so that we can move forward and put some new systems in place very, very quickly because the next time we have a pandemic, we're in serious trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the whole frontline workforce is going to be like, nope, not again. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, and you know what? That's sort of an interesting proposition, right? Way back, you know, I'm thinking here in history books, but way back, you know, the Upton Sinclairs of the world in the 1920s, 1930s, there were all kinds of general strikes of factory workers because conditions were unsafe. I'm not advocating that, but what if, you know, nurses are like, nope, not doing it. You can't make me go back there. And if that happens in mass, what do we do? How do we respond? We don't really have plans or mechanisms to find ways to have enough PPE on an ongoing basis or have enough staff.
1: Yeah. I mean, what if every nurse became a travel nurse and just worked 13-week contracts whenever they wanted to and could cancel any time? And, and based on certain criteria, safety being one of them. I mean, there's, there's a future where that's possible. Um,
0: Well, that would be free agency, right? And that's you and I have had this conversation. And in a free agent world, it's basically, it's a market driven world. So it's a supply and demand issue. It's going to be about economics and whoever can treat the nurses the best and pay them a decent salary, you're going to see nurses go to those places. And those that actually have staffing that, um, generally speaking, feel unsafe or inadequate, those are places that nurses are going to struggle more.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's the way it should be, right? You should be treating your most valuable employees the best. And it happened with physicians, right? I mean, physicians have their own break rooms and their stakes and, you know, they have all these perks related to it. And then nurses are still that hourly employee kind of thing. And I think you don't have to, you know, to the Amazon level of like perks in the office and open dog policies on units now, but I think you know figuring out how to resource nurses with mental health and and days off and and just all these other things that can help them you know cope with the craziness um, is gonna be key moving forward
0: yeah, I think you're right, and I think we're gonna have to do it not only to get people through a pandemic but I think it's gonna have to be left in place going forward because it's the right thing to do. We need to care for the people that are caring for patients. And that's you know discipline agnostic. We need to make sure that we provide good places to work, that we care for those workers, that we take care of them, whether you're a physician or a nurse or a respiratory therapist. We, we need to show that we care about these people. They're, they're not an unlimited resource and they're incredibly valuable to our system and to all of us.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it is, it's going to be needed at least in the short term after this is over. And then I hope long-term we build, we build this into the nursing education. We build this into new higher, you know, transition to practice and then um, just the ongoing safety and, and health of our nursing workforce.
0: Yeah, agree. So if you had kind of a final thought or a final sort of words of wisdom here, what would that be for
1: us? I mean, the biggest thing for me is I know everyone's stressed. I mean, I see it. I, I'm feeling it myself when we're, we're sending nurses to the front lines of things and, and how busy we are. I, I think we all need to take a step backwards and zoom out a little bit and figure out what's broken in the system, take note of it, and start piloting new, new ways of work. Uh, whether that's charting and not charting and not doing certain tasks on the front line delivery of care that don't add value to patient care whether that's policy change that we just push through without you know with as- asking forgiveness instead of permission i think there's there's an opportunity here in the moment to actually disrupt in a positive way and um i i encourage leaders to take the opportunity to do it and not just look at the the fire in front of you
0: that's, I love that. That really sort of centers us on things that we can do and things that we can think about. It is always so um, fantastic uh, talking, talking to you. I know we've spent hours having some of these conversations, so I totally appreciate you, Dan.
1: I appreciate it too, Bonnie. I love the conversation and the safe space to be able to have it.
0: Absolutely. Dan, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah. So I'm big on LinkedIn. That's my main, uh, my main place. Uh, and so just search Dan Weberg on LinkedIn and, or Dr. Nurse Dan on Twitter and uh, yeah, or trustedhealth.com. And uh, we, we, we are about to start a recording for season three of the handoff podcast and that's on all the podcast uh, vehicles as well.
0: Awesome. And you're like one of my podcast mentors. So I will keep listening to those to get your tips. All right, Dan, thanks so much. I appreciate your time and thank you for listening and be sure to use innovation to your advantage. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others, In the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.